This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. On the mean streets of Gotham City, a new breed of supervillains emerges. But deep in the shadows, old school justice awaits. And the Batman, the Cape Crusader, returns in an all-new animated series. The Batman. You will even see it coming. This is it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to episode 281 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and this week it's my turn to be a little bit under the weather. But thankfully, I have a reliable partner, a great brother, a good brother even, and the man that runs our social media accounts. It's Liam. Liam, we are picking up right back where we left off last week as we decided to take a two-week vacation to an else world, and I think last week I mistakenly mentioned that we hadn't visited this world very recently, and uh, silly me, it was one of the ones that we had most recently visited when we covered the Bane episode uh, back right. that just a few months ago. But nonetheless, uh, we mentioned it each and every time we talk about The Batman, which was the 2004 Warner Brothers cartoon production here. It's a bit of a unsung series it doesn't quite get the acclaim because of the uh it's kind of like being the uh the guy that follows up playing the same position as a hall of famer in sports Mm kind of known as the guy that replaced the hall of famer so that's pretty much what you're known for and and it's hard to appreciate something on its own laurels but here as we're coming up here on some uh, anniversaries of this show originally debuting close to close to two decades ago it's nice to see Fans are starting to appreciate it, and we have an opportunity to appreciate part two of the episode that we started last week. That's right. So we have a, uh, a fun opportunity here to talk about, uh, as we said last week, the this show's first steps into the larger DC universe. And uh, we're doing it, picking up uh, literally right where we left off with the joining part two uh, coming at you right now. That's right. So if you did not get a chance to listen to last week's episode... Uh, Liam was playing hurt, but we uh, we managed to eke out a uh, a nice synopsis and and uh, review. We didn't give a full score. We kind of gave our temporary scores where we landed on part one. Uh, we'll give our final scores for the overall two episodes this week as we kind of finish out our report card here. So if you did not check out that uh, part one episode, I don't know why you'd listen to part two before part one, but stop what you're doing right now and go check that out <laughs> and then come back and play this one because uh, we're going to be talking all about part two of the joining before we get into this episode today. Of course, we must remind you that we are going to get the official IMDB synopsis for part two. That's right. That means since we have two parts, we have two synopses for this, uh, for this episode. Hopefully it's a little bit better than last week's episode because we did not give that the resounding good grade as is often the case when we get to the official internet movie database synopsis brought to you by the pod tower. Head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower today and subscribe. If you are a fan of podcasts if you are a fan of dc animation or if you're a fan of dc animation podcasts this is the spot for you we invite you to go over today and subscribe and not only will you get an entire catalog of episodes by the tim talk podcast which covered every dcau episode from start to finish in order you will also get the Jump on the Batwagon podcast, which is currently ongoing, and I believe they're reviewing Superman the Animated Series as we speak, or at the time of this recording. And then, of course, you get a little old podcast by the name of the DCAU Reviews entire catalog as well, all in one central convenient location for your streaming pleasure. That's YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower. Head over and subscribe today. 
That's right. So this is the synopsis for The Joining Part 2, which is written once again by Jane Espenson and Doug Petrie, directed by Vinton Heck and Brandon Vietti, with music by Thomas Chase and animation once again by Dong Wu. And that synopsis reads as such. Gotham City faces its greatest threat yet, an alien invasion. After failing to save the city on his own, the Batman learns that even the greatest heroes have to sometimes rely on help. Okay, I kind of like that one. Like, even the greatest heroes sometimes have to rely on help. I like that as kind of a of a tagline. You could see that maybe on the a movie poster. That's certainly our 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 moral lesson that we uh, that we take (laughs) away from this week's episode. But yes. uh, this episode kicks off right where it left off. The uh, the massive legion of joining ships have taken to the skies, as we quickly find out, not just over Gotham, but all over the world. And as uh, Lucius, Jean, and Batman are still uh, at Wayne, uh, Wayne Enterprises from the previous episode, they make their escape after uh, a brief tussle between them and some of the uh, joining drones. That the, We'll talk about this in visuals most but yeah they got all these we got like little crab walker guys we got like mid-level guys and we got flying guys and then we have the foot soldiers who look like humans i guess so at different different levels yeah it's like if you're in a uh very much set up like if you're in a in a video game right absolutely absolutely so you got your your mini bosses and your uh and your your grunts and all that so uh, Jean and Batman and Lucius are able to escape and return to the Batcave where uh, Batman and John alert the uh, Bat, uh, Robin, Batgirl, and Alfred as to the, the happenings of the world. Alfred goes over to tend to Lucius's injuries as, uh, as Batgirl and Robin kind of have a, uh, a little bit of a, uh, an existential crisis in that moment, not only learning that they are under attack, the whole world is under attack, by aliens but that they are uh they are also being greeted by an alien himself in john who they had previously not uh not known the true identity of despite him being in the bat cave in the previous episode so they're uh they're a little out of sorts and uh as they as they begin to discuss what they could possibly do as they see some of the damage being caused on the news all over again not only not only in gotham but all over the world it seems like uh, you know those skies are turning red, and and this is a this is a bit of a a crisis, and it feels like uh, our heroes are a little bit out of their depth. Alien invasion? Aliens? What happened to robots? Ah, alien! Got an alien here. Different kind of alien. Hi, John Jones. How are you so calm, Alfred? Aliens. I think that would warrant at least one of your signature cocked eyebrows. I keep house for a man who dresses like a bat and works in a cave. At this point in my life, there's little that phases me. Uh, what's that? Robot head, so five minutes ago. No, it can't be. Then your city is in danger now, Batman. This is about Earth. It's the end of the world. It can't be. It just looks a whole lot like it. We can stop it, right? If I may, sir. How? But uh, we realize that uh, all of these devices that, uh, that the joining was building were, of course, built at Wayne Enterprises and then shipped out all over the world, as we found out last week. So... Bruce, uh, Bruce and Lucius sort of deduce that uh, there must be some sort of failsafe. They always build a failsafe, and the metal that the joining is using to make their uh, their their ships and and weapons are uh, is is an alloy out of diff- all of these different materials. And with a uh, not quite, I don't know how you build a failsafe into a piece of metal. I'm just going to say that I don't. Don't think too hard. Like a certain, I guess, a certain vibrational frequency that just causes it uh, 
to uh, to fall apart and and Bruce tests that as as of course Robin has the little the little hoverboard that he's floating around on from last week's episode and they test it and uh, it comes apart uh, instantly and so they know they have a way to fight back against the joining but uh, Bruce realizes that the only way that they're going to be able to actually use this on the entire armada that the joining has unleashed is of course, I feel like I've said the joining 5,000 times. <laughs> um, yep. That's you probably have. They say it about in equal amount, number amount for the episode. Right. And, and we should mention that the, the head of the Lucius bot is also just taunting them the whole time. A very and, funny twist to this episode. Yes. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's now he's so the joining are so technologically advanced and powerful, even though he's not plugged in anymore, he can just draw uh, power through osmosis, I guess, from the uh, the nearby joining ships. So Batman decides he's going to go head back to Wayne Industries because he has to plug in this signal that, that will uh, into a satellite, which will then send the signal all over the world. And they're they're gonna they're gonna phantom menace it basically. I was gonna say they're also gonna rogue one it. It's very stark. <laughs> It's the same. I mean, it's a lot of the same plot in Rogue One. It's mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. They they have to head back to where it is so they can shut down. You know the the thing that's controlling in Phantom Menace. It's robots and in in uh, in Rogue One. It's so they can get the signal out. But yes, right. either way, pick your poison of Star Wars prequel to compare this to, and you'll you'll probably won't miss very far. That's right. So. Batman heads out, of course, Batgirl and Robin very eager to get in on the action. But uh, once again, Batman is keeping them at arm's length. And this time he doesn't even want John to come with him. He tells them all to stay behind and that he knows Wayne Industries better than anyone. And that he's going to go out on his own. And uh, and so he leaves the Batcave, leaving, leaving Batgirl and Robin behind, along with Alfred and Lucius. Although we do see that John is tagging along, and uh, in the meantime, forcibly, we, he forcibly tags. Yes, along. <laughs> he, uh, he, with the the uh, the advantage of invisibility and the, and phasing, he's able to hitch a ride in the in the in the Batmobile, and they race off towards Wayne Industries. And we get a couple of quick cutaways in this episode. We get the first one here, I think, where we see Commissioner Gordon and some of the other uh, rank and file cops in the streets doing their best to uh to hold off these giant uh robots though they're not having much luck in the uh in the first scene as uh, as batman and john arrive at wayne enterprises and we get more fisticuffs as uh, as batman and john once again split up and go uh and go to try to uh to try to get this signal out and we we cut back to the bat cave and alfred is uh is kind of consoling uh dick and barbara and he kind of lets him in on a little secret, which is that uh, Bruce and Batman, despite uh, being so driven, despite being, uh, you know, the greatest hero Gotham's ever seen, he's also stubborn and uh, perhaps most importantly, he's not always right. And so Alfred, without quite saying those words, tells them to uh, that when uh, when times are tough for him and he feels that uh, that Master Bruce is being unfair that he does something that always lifts his spirits, and that is to just disobey whatever he told you to do. <laughs> Planning repairs, are we? No point. End of the world, remember? Besides, you heard Batman. We'd only get in the way. There are times when I, too, disagree with Master Bruce's decisions. And when that happens, there's something I do that never fails to lift my spirits. I disobey him. I think I saw a welding torch around here. <laughs> and so Robin and Batgirl race off to repair Robin's hoverboard, <laughs> and they're going to, to head into the city. And uh, we get this wonderful scene, I thought. Back to uh, Wayne Manor. Uh, Lucius and Alfred are outside on the balcony at Wayne Manor. It's snowing, and you see sort of the fire from some of the wreckage of the city. And uh, Alfred and, and Lucius are just having a tea and they have this very nice little moment. I love that they put this moment in here uh, where Alfred pulls out a photo of the three of them together from when Bruce was a kid. And they mentioned that they took him to an air show and that just for just for a moment that day, it felt like felt like maybe Bruce could be a kid again. And he he forgot for just a moment the uh, the tragedy that had befallen his parents and just a nice moment that they have together as they sort of reflect on this, this 
person that they've they sort of both had a hand in in raising in light of his uh, his parents passing and then Strangely beautiful, isn't it? I found a phonograph record that seems fitting. Good choice. Wagner would have been too... And I found this. I'd forgotten this. We took him to the air show. Long time ago. I think that was the first day where he forgot. Just a little. I just counseled two young people to disobey orders. To help if they could. Perhaps we should take the same advice. I don't think I'm up for any fisticuffs. There are other skills. It's probably useless, you know. Oh, absolutely. They decide that after uh, Alfred has already encouraged Bar- uh, Batgirl and Robin to uh, to disobey orders, that they also <laughs> need to, uh, to get back in the game and figure out a way to help. And so... They're on their way to do that, and uh, we get another cutaway to uh, to the Gotham War Zone, as uh, we see that uh, the the fighting has spilled out in front of Arkham, and we get all of the rogues in action, and uh, and they have some unlikely allies. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's a very fun scene. Uh, this this whole episode was very much I felt written cinematically, like you, I could see mm-hmm. this translated to. Uh, the way that a, a movie script was written, very well done, very different than the first episode, as we'll probably talk about here once we give our scores. But uh, yeah, the the entire scene of cutting to the to the the ground uh, ground zero, what's happening as the as the police are doing their best to fight back against these alien monsters that are made of technology i don't know they're not robots they're just technological monsters mm-hmm. um so yeah as uh as out in front of arkham asylum we see the joker we see uh we see bane we also see uh penguin and we also see mr freeze i don't think i left anybody out right it's just the four of those yep that we uh that we see but they're all doing their best to defend Gotham, the Joker makes a point at saying that it's uh, Gotham is his town to terrorize and no one else's. So uh, they're <laughs> united in destroying it. Mr. Freeze really is doing the best at uh, at destruction. But uh, as the GCPD pulls up with Commissioner Gordon in tow, one of the uh, one of the cops looks over and asks him with uh, Freeze out and about, what should they do? And uh, Gordon says that they need to give him cover. So they, <laughs> they uh, yeah, I love that. Part freeze freezes the giant, uh, the giant spider legged robot thing, and uh, then the, the the police officer shoots him with a bazooka uh, and taking him down. And they, Gordon just looks over at uh, at Mister Freeze, and they both give each other the classic silent head nod to each other. Right. <laughs> Speaking of cinema, a uh, a a often loved and used uh, cinematic moment right there. Yes, as the uh, as the villain villains unite, and and I love that at this point, as they do the head nod, they cut to the Joker, and he talks about how the town has gone mad as the uh, <laughs> punctuation for that scene. But uh, we get back to the, the reveal of uh, of Batgirl and Robin's disobedience. As Batman is working hard to try and get the satellite working, however, uh, we learn through some exposition from the the robot Lucius head that the joining has allowed or their takeover is going to prevent the signal from getting out uh, because they also now control all the satellite dishes. So uh, Bruce has to manually hack it, whatever that means. That sounds (laughs) some sort of, again, movie term, no explanation as to what that means, but he's going to have to, he basically just takes a lightsaber and starts cutting into the machine from what I can tell. Signal blocked. No! We can tap into the Wayne Industries security camera system. Be another set of eyes for Bruce. Humans. Defiant, even in the face of certain defeat. Certain defeat? We shall see about that. If you're referring to the fail-safe signal you hope to transmit, then know your friend was unsuccessful. The joining has blocked it. Like everything else on this planet... The joining now controls the satellite feeds. Sir? The signal's being blocked, Alfred. 
Lucius believes he can hack into the system and override the joining's control. But you will need to manually override it from your end as well. That's going to take time. I'm not sure I can override the system and keep these guys at bay. Then it sounds like someone needs backup. I told you two not to come here. That's why we had to quit as your partners. Yeah, that's right. We quit. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, there's a uh, sort of an artificial countdown as we see the uh, the joining begin to create these disks across the world that are lining up that are going to we assume shoot some sort of sky beam into the mm -hmm. sky mm -hmm. and uh, and destroy the earth. Hey, they were ahead of the curve here. I don't know of too many movies that were doing the sky beam uh, in 2000 and six maybe 2007 i don't know was there an iron man movie with a sky beam yet or something <laughs> i don't think so i don't i don't really remember this kicking off until like a uh, avengers 2012 so okay all I right so a few years ahead of the curve five years ahead of the sky beams here for uh for 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 superhero tropes but yes we have uh we have the joining uh uh, seemingly feeling confident that the the heroes are not going to be able to take things over uh, going from bad to worse. Not only is Batman's uh, process of manually hacking, taking such a long time, uh, but of course the joining has, uh, has breached the room where he's holed up and we get, uh, we get what appears to be perhaps Batman's doom. But at the last second uh, swinging in are the aforementioned Robin and Batgirl who, uh, Bruce is none too happy to see, despite the fact that they just saved his butt. But uh, they they do recall or do point out the fact that they are no longer his partners. They've quit, so therefore he has no no authority over them. Which I think is I don't I don't know what if they established how old Barbara is, but uh, Dick is still Bruce's ward. I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure he actually technically legally has some sort of guardianship over him. So he does have this correct some way so <laughs> we laugh we it was a funny moment so they're there to save the day uh and uh uh so bruce gets to gets to going as uh the attack continues from the joining robin and Batgirl do their best to uh to stop the onslaught and are sort of handling their own but then they get overwhelmed but uh just as it appears that bruce is going to be overtaken at the last second john swings in for the save arriving from the other side of the building. So at this point, it's Jean and Robin and Batgirl, and they're all taking it on and trying to run defense for Batman, who is working very hard to continue his hacking. But as, uh, as we mentioned, the joining still almost complete as we get an announcement from the severed Lucius robot head that they are, they are done and they are about to destroy the earth. And we get, get another sort of artificial countdown here as things rev up, just as Batman seems to be wrapping things up a giant spider-legged robot walks into the room. No one to defend it. It's Batman versus the giant spider robot. We're ready on our end, Seconds to spare here Let's before do it. the end of the world. Bruce's signal is spreading across the planet. It's looking good. This has never happened before. Right, so uh, as we, uh, we get towards our combat finale, that just in the nick of time is able to. He hacks better. He hacks better, and so it works this time. <laughs> and, uh, we see a uh, we see a big blue sky beam, as you mentioned, shoot up into uh, the Wayne Enterprises satellite and connect to all the other satellites around the world, and then a big flash of light envelops the entire Earth. And uh, all of the uh, all of the uh, the droids, the robots, the joining, all shut down as the uh, the Lucius bot head is uh, quite taken aback by the fact that of of all the species that have uh, fallen before the joining's might, that it's humans who uh, who bested them finally. 
as uh, as all of the weapons shut down we see shots of the the robots turning off and kind of falling over in the streets as uh as batman uh, robin and batgirl uh reunite here as uh, as as we we may have mentioned they they kind of have their little heart to heart they've learned to work together as a team and of course bruce also not wanting to wanting to lose them more than the fact that he didn't think they were useful as a as uh, that's sort of uh, the lesson learned here. And uh, we get just a nice little epilogue where we see the city of Gotham being rebuilt. And we see Bruce heading down to the Batcave where Jean once again shows up uh, unannounced and asks Bruce about uh, joining a team. Uh, Bruce isn't sure that he wants to have another member in the, uh, in the Batcave, but uh, Jean lets him know that actually he wants Batman to join a different team. And before you know it, they're transported up to a space station and uh, out of a, out of the door walks a bunch of guys where you just have to wonder what the heck were these guys doing while, uh, while the alien invasion was going on. I guess they were just fighting off screen, but uh, we see, we see the flash green lantern Hawkman and, uh, and green arrow arrive as uh, John asks him to join him. And Batman, of course, being always one step ahead, uh, reveals that he's known about this uh, this little space station for quite a while and has been, once again, theme of the episode, he's been hacking, hacking their system as we see the bat symbol appear on all of the various computer screens at once. And uh, he tells John that he's put together quite a league and it's time to get started. And there's our, there's our fade to black. What? Martians don't knock? How are things, Bruce? Good. Gotham's rebuilding. Not just Gotham. The entire world rebuilds towards a new tomorrow. A tomorrow that would never have come if not for one man who wanted to make a difference. You saved your planet, Bruce. I didn't. We did. In the end, you did work well with partners. Perhaps you would be open to expanding your circle. Sorry, John. I already have two partners. Don't need a third. Actually, we were hoping you would join us. Let me show you. I found others. Like me. Like you. changing, Batman. You can go it alone if you want, or step into the larger world and be a part of a greater good. I've been monitoring your construction here for months, hacking your systems since they came online. I wondered, John, when you were going to tell me about your space station. together quite a league. Let's get to work. Yeah, a uh a interesting way to end it, a cliffhanger. I don't know. Um I don't I would be interested to know if they already knew that they were picked up for a fifth season or if this was their way of trying to force the hand to pick them up for uh for another season or what. But... It felt like a hedge our bets ending. Right. Like it- um, and I know the the head producer of the series, Chef Matsuda, I believe he left after season four. So I assume that was maybe the, the end of the contract. And then they were picked up, but obviously not everyone came back for that last season. So, yeah, they certainly like they lay the groundwork, but it also feels like this could have just as well been a, a series finale if it had had to be. Yeah, yeah, that would I think it would. It would have certainly piqued people's interest and left them wanting more, but it wasn't a direct cliffhanger that uh, would have left people unsatisfied in that way. So, yeah. Um, so I guess we can we can talk about uh, this week's episode and and I guess in comparison to last week's episode, um, I think I I not so 
Uh, I'm, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that this episode, based on how the last one was structured, was going to have a lot of fighting and a lot of action. Mm-hmm. But I was actually pleasantly surprised that it wasn't nonstop punching front to, or from start to finish. There's actually a lot of dialogue in this episode, too. Um, of course, there is some fun and some some neat little action scenes. I think the the standout, the best one for me is the villain scene. That's that was an unexpected mm-hmm. cameo. I did not I did not remember that part uh, happening. I haven't seen. I think I've probably only seen this episode one time, and when I did see it, it was probably in two thousand and four. Uh, we talked about this episode originally de- debuted uh, in or two thousand seven. Sorry, not two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Uh, in May fifth, two thousand seven. So. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by that scene. That was a nice little little throw in add in there. But uh yeah, I I mean the we talked about it last week. The premise is a little goofy. Um it is a little bit uh derivative of some things, the hive mind type type creature that is uh trying to take over the world and you have to have to you only have to defeat the main hive in order to defeat everything. Um as you talked about the goofiness of how you build in a fail safe to a material to a metal is uh was confusing to say the least. I think what I'm trying to say is you, if you think too hard about this episode, it's not good, but if you just sit back and you enjoy it for what it is and you, you're able to just kind of enjoy a punch em up superhero team up. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is this would be a very fun Marvel movie. If it was a Mar- it was in, <laughs> it was in the movie theaters. Don't think too much about it. The stakes really, while they seem high, they get resolved pretty goofily. There's not a lot that happens. There's not a lot of uh, repercussions for things that, that happen. Bad repercussions. I guess there's good repercussions because we set up the Justice League for season five. But um, yeah, it's fine. I think I enjoyed it uh, slightly more uh, than as a whole with both pieces together. I think it's it's a little bit uh, a little bit better than the five that I gave it last week, but not much. So um, I ended up giving it a six out of ten. I really like the Alfred stuff in this episode. I feel like they gave him a little bit more dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Alfred and Lucius conversation. I love the Alfred barbara and dick conversation um all of that alfred's really i think steals the show i love when Mm -hmm. dick is pointing out that nothing that uh, alfred is unflappable and nothing really bothers him when they're talking about aliens and (laughs) talks about how uh he he serves a man that dresses up as a bat every single night like that was was great like that was self-aware alfred i appreciated that um so yeah i i think i think all of that is fine and setting things up for what would be a a fun fifth season um, and, uh, they did a reverse sky beam. They, uh, they subverted my expectations. I felt the sky beam was going to happen. And ultimately the sky beam, they pulled out the, Uno reverse card and Bruce, Uno reverses the sky beam down onto the technology. So, uh, even, even five years before this would become a, a superhero movie norm, they were, uh, they were subverting expectations. So That's right. uh, I appreciate that. They, uh, a reverse subversion there. So. Uh, yeah, overall, I think I'm wrapping up uh, my score here for, for both parts together. I end up with a 6 out of 10. Um, it's it's fine in a vacuum. And again, I think if you turn your brain off, you can you can kind of enjoy it. But there are some weird plot holes and some things that are just kind of silly. Yeah, I think that's fair. I went a little bit stronger. I went 7 out of 10. I just I, I really enjoyed the second part. It is very action-focused. But I think that was to the show's uh, credit. I think it's we didn't we got a lot of exposition out last week about who who Martian Manhunter is, who the joining are, who Lucius is. We have a lot to do, mm-hmm. so we just and we talked about that. It was kind of an info dump in that first half, but it led to I thought a very very free flowing second part here um, that brought my my final score up to a, a seven out of ten. Yeah, I really really agree. I think Alfred is get some really nice moments here and taking those time to do those character bits. And, and, and yes, it's not a, this is a sort of a, a very uh, frequent uh, Batman motivation of, you know, the, the, the more dire things get, the more he pushes people away because not necessarily because he thinks they aren't capable because he's uh, you know, he's afraid to, to lose his, his, you know, his makeshift family after obviously losing his, his real family when he was a kid. 
So they, you know, they kind of touch on that, that, you know, that sort of eternal Batman motivation there. And then, like I said, gave uh, Lucius and Alfred something to do. And then, you know, teamwork wins the day and the good guys win. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, overall, like you said, it's, it's certainly not perfect, uh, but, uh, but it's, but it's a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that ending on the, uh, on the, the floating uh, watchtower, we'll talk about that in a second, the visuals is uh is uh is a fun little epilogue to end it as well so yeah good a good solid uh i think i think part two picked up uh a lot of the slack from part one absolutely can i can i hypothesize something here and float this out and see uh, Mm -hmm. see your thoughts on this here so wouldn't in this scenario if if batman is facing the end of the world right it's the end of the world they say it about fifty thousand times in this episode if he's telling his partners he's he doesn't want to lose them. And that's the reason why he doesn't want them involved, but really you're facing the end of the world and it feels like there's no hope. Uh, wouldn't you want to spend those? Like, what, isn't it selfish of you to not want to spend those last moments fighting alongside your family? Like you're being apart from them or is it like it, you can't deal with the fact that you're I'm, I'm psychoanalyzing a, a cartoon character. <laughs> from 2007 here but i feel like the argument could be made that this is more selfish by not including them in the final battle because it's it's not like i'm forbidding you from partnering with me because i don't want the joker to kill you like it's i'm forbidding you to partner with me in this this instance because i think it's i think it's life or death for the entire human race i think that's fair you could you could argue as as a lot of us do he's convinced himself that it's actually he has a better shot of pulling off this one in a million chance if he can somehow slip in quietly even though he doesn't really try to do that you're right it does it does kind of fall apart if you if you pick at it too much but uh, it is it is it is as as i said i think it's just one of those seminal uh batman uh motivations that For pops sure. up when whenever you start to build out this larger uh, bat family i don't know i'm i'm with you completely i i i felt like though it kind of came out of last week it was he just works better alone he's not embracing team members this this week it felt like they went they kind of gave you a little bit of a swerve there where it's like well actually i'm just worried that you might die while you're doing this and this should be this shouldn't be something that you die doing um but then he joins he's learned his lesson and joins up with a bunch of adult men at the end i i don't know very just overthinking probably but these, <laughs> these things that we do on this podcast all right Liam, let's move on to our next category which will be animation and visuals uh i believe you said dong Wu responsible for the animation mm-hmm. again for this week's episode uh let's uh let's talk highlights lowlights everything in between uh lots of uh Lots of action, as we talked about at the top here, uh, almost exclusively CGI animated the joining members, especially mm-hmm. the big old crab spider guys walking across the city um, did give me a little bit of Justice League vibes of the uh, of the alien invaders from uh, from that episode with the kind of spiders and the big brain mm-hmm. heads. But these had these definitely had more uh more machine like things less organic so uh that's kind of where it where the design stopped there but uh they're interesting looking i thought they i thought they for the most part fit in with the scenery and the the standard uh digital animation um i i, I think the cell shading and the way limiting the movements that they did kind of uh camouflage that to the best of their ability so i don't have too many too many standout complaints or concerns about that uh but lots of lots of fun stuff lots of punching lots of kicking batman knocking robot heads off uh we have uh, martian manhunter jean uh phasing through things and uh, as you mentioned probably the main event uh we'll talk about is the the final scene where we get the big reveal of the watchtower and its inspiration but uh, thoughts on what you liked, what you didn't like for this week? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of incorporating. We talked about it last week. All the joining robots are CGI, so inter inter interworking that with the the two D animation. I thought they did a good job. Uh, there's some some of the scenes where uh, John is 
is fighting them in, in the in the tunnel at the beginning of the episode and then uh, in the in the big battle at the end. I thought they did a very good job of that. I think maybe the standout is those those cutaways to the city when they when we see kind of the the battlegrounds of the of the cops. You know, they kind of step out of the fog and everything's sort of bathed in this orange light from the fire on the buildings and then sort of stepping out of the fog is Commissioner Gordon with all the the cops on horses and and then uh, you know the sequence later at Arkham Asylum with uh, with the villains as you said is a, is a great deal of fun they show sort of like a a POV shot of one of the joining where you see like their Terminator vision as they're staring at the Joker as he fires his little acid gun at them and then you sort of see it melt mm-hmm. from its own perspective I thought that was a really cool trick um, and then uh, what, before Robin and Batgirl arrive at the, at Wayne Enterprises, we get to see them and Empire Strikes Back, one of the uh, the big scorpion robots, where they tie up its legs and uh, and knock it over. I thought that was really neat as well. So I think the uh, the the sort of the the battleground Gotham uh, little cutaways are some of the best uh, action in the whole episode. Yeah, um, I mean, classic animation. Uh, styling, stylation choice. That's not a word. Stylation. It's not style choice. Uh, where they gave the the burning city, the and every scene that came after that, sort of the orange heavy glow outside as the city seemingly burns. As you mentioned about things t- starting to turn red and orange, and really gives it that destruction vibe. Um, I love the I love the scene with the uh, with the the first cutaway as you mentioned to the the police officers as they're doing their best to try and take things down and they're being overwhelmed and one of the officers goes to commissioner gordon ask uh, you know what are you going to do what are we going to do and he uh, says that he already did the best thing that he could uh, think of for help and there's this pan up to this uh, statue that's leading with its it's wearing a hood and and has a sword pointing forward there's probably the statue of uh, lady justice Lady Justice, there you it's go. The one that the Joker tries to pop the uh, balloon. Oh, the, that's he right. Tries to pass his gas. That's the, right. I the, forgot. Uh, the first Man, who could forget? I I could apparently. <laughs> yes, the uh, the the pointing sword, and then with a bat with a bat signal lit lit up behind it. I love it because it kind of gives it sort of like a uh, leading the charge type look. Mm-hmm. As the, the way the statue is pointing towards the uh, towards the the joining. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then of course, as we mentioned, the the uh, surprising cameos from the villains. I really liked that. Uh, the scene with, with Alfred and Lucius on the, on the uh, top of Wayne Manor as they go outside and there's just ash floating from the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both just sit there and kind of have this quiet moment, sort of accepting uh, that this could be the end of the world, but also uh, sharing in this moment that they had and they cherished together of being able to give Bruce one distraction as a child uh, by taking him to the air show and before uh, deciding that they're going to do whatever they can to, uh, to, to stop the joining on their own. Uh, so, yeah, I really liked that touching moment as well. And then, uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, the main event, uh, as we mentioned, uh, leading up to that with the, the reverse sky beam, I liked that the, the mm-hmm. blue hue that kind of brings everything back to normal and puts, puts the uh, technology and destruction away. But then, uh, the very end scene where Jean touches uh, his shoulder and brings Bruce to the watchtower. And we kind of get the reveal, not only of the, of the watchtower itself uh, from the inside, at least. And then uh, the members awaiting Bruce to, to meet him there. Uh, but then we get a pan out shot after, after Batman reveals that he's hacked it, that uh, we have the, a f- the watchtower is part of a floating asteroid circling the earth which uh, happens to resemble the classic Hall of Justice uh, that you might know from Super Friends or the comics or what have you that's based on a real-life piece of architecture. So, uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, I love that... Uh, I love that little little uh you know easter egg and a little nod to the the uh, the shows the cartoon shows that came before them an instantly recognizable dc symbol there uh so yeah uh overall uh, i think that the animation for both episodes last week i i had a seven out of ten i don't think anything was done this week to take from that in fact i think uh, if anything, I think the action this week really turned up and really impressed me with a lot of the things that they did and just a lot of the little tiny moments and interspersing some of those little fight scenes. And uh, yeah, overall, I ended up giving it a uh, a strong eight out of 10. 
uh, total for both episodes for animation and visuals. What about you? Yeah, I gave it the uh, the exact same final score of eight out of ten. I think it's yeah, really really solid. Like I said, very action focused second part. Really, I think uh, brought up brought up the average. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think those those scenes in the city are really the uh, the stand standout uh, action of the uh, of the piece there. And then yeah, that that final shot of the uh, all the bat symbols appearing on the on the computers as the uh, the new Justice League kind of uh, looks on in a little bit of shock and amusement and is great. And then uh, if, uh, as as we uh, alluded to. Uh, and I think we've talked about this because we've actually reviewed one episode from season five uh, a long time ago. But uh, but yes, the the watchtower in this show is literally just the Super Friends Hall of Justice mm-hmm. uh, floating on a big asteroid in space. So uh, yeah, a great little homage. That's the the last shot of the episode is that uh, that Hall of Justice floating out there. So so a great little uh, little visual homage to uh, end the episode. Yeah. Yeah, uh, great, great scores from both of us for that. So let's move on to our next category, Liam, which is going to be music. Uh, Same composers from last week, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think music, again, we talked about it in last week's episode, not always at the forefront here. That it does tend to play lay low and play more of an atmospheric uh, punctuation at times. But I think this episode, there were several different parts that, I thought the 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 music really kicked up. I think the fight fight scene between the villains and uh and and uh joining forces with the GCPD was punctuated well with some 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 good music. Um I think the the uh the scene where Jean is kind of lecturing Batman on the way to Wayne Enterprises, there's some some good scene setting music there that really punctuates at the end when he tells him to buckle his seatbelt. Um, the I think the the standout scenes though were probably the the scene with Alfred and Lucius. Yes, uh, where they sit there and Alfred even mentions. So the music is happening in the scene because Alfred picked a uh, picked a, a particular record to play on his phonograph. He says. Uh, mm-hmm. to sort of set the music as they stand there and watch this ash floating and they share this really really emotional moment about their 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 love for Bruce and uh their desire to uh to once again kind of uh rededicate to to helping him in whatever way that they can. So that punctuated really well and I I think the reveal of the Justice League in the watchtower definitely gave me some uh, green lantern theme vibes from from the justice league a very similar refrain to that the ultimate reveal of bruce pre-hacking their technology and knowing that this was ex- that this existed which again you think about it too hard he said in the last episode he thought martians were not real but he had hacked john's technology months before that so he was aware that this was being built I, again, don't think too hard. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't make too much <laughs> sense. But that, again, that's back to plot. But the music for that scene, I thought, and then the, the pan out as they reveal the Hall of Justice, I thought that was that was done really, really well. Um, overall, I, I last week my score for music was six out of ten. I think I bumped it up a point for this week uh, with everything else. Um, I, I think that just those those particular scenes that were punctuated really well, that Alfred and Lucia scene was re- done really, really well and mm-hmm. uh, felt, again, felt very cinematic in the way that it was, was directed and the way that uh, the music comes in and the choice that they had that the characters could were playing the music. I thought I appreciated that. So uh, seven out of 10, my final score for both episodes for music. Nice. Uh, and yeah, and I'm just one point lower at six out of 10. I was at a five last week. So mine also came up a little bit. Um, mostly just for the same uh, moments that you already mentioned there. Definitely the, the Lucius and Alfred scenes st- stood out as, uh, as well as you mentioned the the moment where we, where we see the bat signals been lit in the middle of the battle. I thought the, 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 uh, the kind of refrain that plays there as we cut up to the, uh, the bat signal was a great moment as well. And yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the battle sequences I thought had a, a bit more of an epic grand feel to it than the, maybe the normal, uh, kind of drum machine basic uh basic stuff we might hear in a regular episode so i thought they uh they sort of uh, jumped up the intensity uh, in, in a lot of places to uh to match the scale of the story so well done there 
All right, Liam, let's wrap things up with our final category for this week, which as always it is voice acting. So let's talk about our cast characters. Nobody knew from last week, so we don't really have to go into uh, into full, I guess, rosters of what these characters are known for. But I guess we can talk about the performances this week as a whole and compared to the, the two episodes for the uh, for the week as we go down our roster. Yeah, just a couple of uh, people that weren't in part one, again, very briefly, but we do have Mitch uh, Pelegi voicing Commissioner Gordon uh, very briefly, and uh, we do have Kevin Michael Richardson as uh, his version of the Joker. Um, of course, how could I forget? <laughs> yes, uh, but again, both minor roles, but again, as we uh, we talked about in plot and in, and in visuals, I think that's some of the most uh, fun stuff in the episode is those little cutaways. So a uh, good job sure. by both of those gentlemen in their, uh, their voice, uh, their voice performances. But again, once again, this week we have Mr. Lewis Gossett Jr. Playing Lucius Fox and robo Lucius head. Um, <laughs> and uh, once again, I think he does a, a really fun job uh, in, in this episode. He doesn't have as much to do this week, but uh, he still, as we said, gets a, gets a few nice moments as he's, uh, as he's sort of reminiscing with Alfred and then, uh, and then, you know, get, again, still has to do some, uh, some exposition about how the satellite works and how, how Bruce has to fix it and everything when they're, uh, when they're, when they're working on it from the back computer at the end. So another solid job by him. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I, I do feel like he got to show a little bit more emotion this week, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has exposition, but maybe not as much. So maybe that's why, uh, yeah. It feels a little bit like uh, less like he's reading a laundry list of things that were set in front of him uh, and more. He actually gets to gets to show off those acting chops. But as we talked about last week, a, a, uh, a, a respected actor. And I think he, uh, he pulls off this, this role really well. Absolutely. And uh, once again, we have uh, Danielle Judovitz as Batgirl and uh, Evan Sabara as Robin. Uh, again, they have more to do this week. They have the the scenes in the Batcave with Alfred, and uh, I think Miss uh, Miss Judovitz gets uh, her reaction to uh, to Jean coming into the Batcave is very funny, and then the the two of them just kind of reacting. They they have a little bit more range to show. Both as sort of they're kind of spazzing out when it when it's first happening, and and then they're sort of overwhelmed by it, and and you know she when when I think when when Batgirl asks asks Bruce to turn the the news report off when it looks like kind of all hope is lost and and they're so dejected by everything. And then when they kind of, uh, you know, regain their fire after Alfred gives them the pep talk and they, you know, they tell Batman they've quit and that they're, they're going to go at their own way because if, if he won't let them help them. So I think they, they get a little bit more to do and they, uh, they do a good job. Yeah. I have no, no complaints about either of their, their roles i do feel like they were a little bit expanded i like their interactions with alfred we still get them goofing off a little bit some quips uh but uh, not not quippy to the point of being annoyed so yeah solid solid all the way around from both of them and once again we have dorian harewood returning as the martian manhunter and uh i feel like on, I, honestly i think he gets less to do this week um, sure. um he's uh he's more jean is more of kind of the uh he's the the tip of the spear he spends most of his episode punching things mm-hmm. um he does he does give uh, bruce a little lecture about uh you know needing to learn to trust his partners and and uh, and learn to work together because you know the only way you're going to beat something like the joining that's so in sync that works together so well is if uh, if they also work together so well but uh, not as much for him to do this week yeah i i, I do feel a little bit more confident. It felt a little bit like less like I was listening to War Machine this week. A little bit more like uh, <laughs> John Jones. Uh, I think the pep talk that he gives Batman in the in the Batmobile was the the kind of the shining moment that he gets. Uh, but as you mentioned, sort of a reduced role. Definitely not as much dialogue or exposition, uh, and maybe for the better because he didn't have to kind of do some of that silly talk uh, that we mentioned in that scene in the diner last week. Absolutely. And then and, uh, before we get to our, our Batman, of course, as mentioned, uh, Alistair Duncan as Alfred, maybe uh, maybe our second favorite Alfred that we ever talk about on this show. And uh, as you mentioned, he's kind of a, you know, he's the emotional core of this episode, both, you know, his interactions with Lucius, his interactions with Dick and Barbara, and then, of course, his interactions with Batman. Um, 
he provides kind of the whole heart and and uh, and a lot of the the motivation for our you know for some of our heroes, including including himself and Lucius, to uh, to get back in the fight when things look look dire. So, uh, unsurprisingly, perhaps a great job by Mister Duncan again this week. No, absolutely. Uh, he's the backbone of I feel like this show a lot of times, especially for those earlier mm-hmm. seasons where you didn't have. A Robin or a Batgirl to bounce the uh, the Batman dialogue off of this this episode. He could have easily been shifted into a into a non-existent role uh, for this episode. I feel like he was a little bit pushed towards the back in that up in last week's episode because they didn't have as much for him to do. But uh, he really shines this week and really really shows off those chops and shows why uh, you know he continues to be cast in that role uh in uh in in even today in in some of the uh, more recent dc animated product uh, properties so yeah great great performance from him uh again emotional beats really solid i love the scene where he's encouraging robin and batgirl to disobey that was really strong uh and then the uh, the uh, of course the scene with him and him and lucius drinking tea together was i think the the scene maybe to point to for uh, if I was looking to show somebody uh, that Mr. Duncan's uh, a- acting chops as Alfred, it's a it's a pretty worthy worthy scene, I'd say. Absolutely, and then uh, of course we have our Batman Reno Romano, um, and uh, you know I got to be honest, I don't. Again, you know it's such an action focused episode. I feel like the only real bit of acting he gets to do is in that moment, which we've we've kind of uh, we've already discussed a lot about you know, him sort of revealing that, oh, it wasn't that I, I didn't trust you. It's that I was afraid to lose you and all of that. that he, doesn't, he doesn't get a lot to do in this episode other than kind of, you know, de- deliver that, you know, I've got to, I've got to re- hack the reverse, the satellite's polarity to, <laughs> to stop the code from going into the virus, or, you know, all the, right. all the te- technological double talk. Yeah. It's not, not a lot for him to do other than maybe the the heart to heart between him and Jean, I think is is solid. I think the the heart to heart that he ultimately has with Robin and Batgirl is okay. And then the the reveal at the end where um even though he's still not open to adding more team members or adding more partners, uh the reveal that he has kind of changed from where we were at the beginning of the episode uh mm-hmm. to now being more open to having partners as uh or allies if you will uh in in fighting crime i i i do feel i did feel that in that scene and in that performance but overall yeah not a ton for him to do in this episode other than just kind of respond to to everybody else absolutely um so for all those reasons i uh i think the strength maybe of uh mr duncan's performance brought up our average a little bit this week last week i was at a a seven out of 10 at part one. And uh, I think my final score here just came up just one point to a uh, eight out of 10 for my final voice score. Yeah, that was uh, exactly what happened to me as well. I end up with an eight out of 10 as well. Um, I think based solely on uh, Mr. Duncan's Alfred and uh, you know, just the expansion of that character's part in this, this two-parter was, uh, was important and it was good enough to, to bring that score up. So um, all right, Liam, let's let's drop our final scores. So totaling everything up again, last week's scores were not official. Uh, so those were our, our kind of uh, resting holds for uh, for our scores. This week is mm-hmm. our is our finale is our is our uh, our ending. And we, we list our, our complete and final scores. So my final score for this two part episode uh, totaling everything up ends up being a 29 out of 40. So that's a, uh, for those keeping score at home, a four point increase across the board from where we were sitting last week. So this week's episode did improve that score for me. What about you? Yes. And uh, I also ended up with a, uh, a 29, even though we didn't uh, agree on every single score it ended up the average ended up uh, evening out there at the end. So uh yeah, I uh, I think I ended up a couple points higher than my last week as well. Um, so yeah, I think I, you know it's it's difficult to talk about rewatchability with these Else Worlds because we don't watch every episodes of these of these shows, so mm-hmm. we don't really talk about them traditionally. But if if this is a hey, if I was gonna visit or revisit this show for the first time in a while, would we recommend this one? I think there's a lot of fun. And if you're going to watch anything in the last season, this is kind of a big setup, as we mentioned, for that 
that final sort of you know almost all team up season of uh of uh of the batman so it definitely it's a it's a building block show and it's uh as we said it's kind of significant for being the first time that uh that this batman took any steps towards that larger dc world we didn't really know uh i think they had name checked metropolis once or twice but we had never seen another superhero or 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 heard of any so wasn't really clear exactly what was going on in the uh, in the outside world outside of Gotham City so it's definitely significant for this series yeah I agree I think in a vacuum if you're looking for an episode to watch it's important to introduce you to season five especially going from just Batman fighting crime in Gotham to all of a sudden he's teaming up with uh, really a brave and the bold style team up every single week. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it's recommended viewing if you're looking to delve into this series and to really understand kind of what they end up doing in that final season. Yeah. I'd, I'd give it a, I'd give it a thumbs up. I'd give it uh yeah, go ahead and watch this. It's as we talked about plot wise, it, if you, if you look too hard, it begins to be a little silly, but again, most superhero fare these days tends to be uh, in a similar vein and, and lots of people, uh, make, make those corporations large amounts of money when those movies come out so uh, <laughs> it's not all that different so you you may enjoy this one if you just kind of sit back and enjoy the the fists and the uh the light light-hearted storytelling thank you everybody for tuning into these this week's episode uh, we appreciate your support by tuning in uh, we would love your support a few additional ways uh, if you care to, a couple of those are some free ways, uh, and they include following us on social media at DCAU Review. Not only uh, do you get some previews of what we're uh, reviewing throughout the week, but you also uh, we join in on conversations about stuff that's DCAU related, related, whether it's new merchandise or prints or comic books or lots of other fun stuff. So follow us at DCAU Review both on Instagram and the website formerly known as Twitter. Uh, we are both there. Uh, you can also, if you want to support the podcast, you can uh, check out the show notes and you can, uh, we have a link to directly support us monetarily. If you want to support the podcast that way, we do have some people that do that every single month. We appreciate it. That money goes towards some coffee for Liam and I for our day jobs helps a lot. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can also check out the store link in our show notes uh, that that will allow you to get a piece of merchandise. If you want to support the pod that way, uh, Liam, another great way is to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And of course, uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And one of the main ways that you can support us is to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen on. But uh, the Apple Podcast ones are pretty sure the only ones that let you leave kind of like a, a, a paragraph synopsis of what it is that you like about the pod. And uh, we've had a couple in the last couple of months here that have really just floored us, and uh, we appreciate seeing those. So uh, why don't you go ahead and share our latest review? Absolutely. So this is from A.E. Ristic is the, uh, is the username. Uh, we thank you for it. And it was a five-star review. We only read the five-star ones. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But, I, mean, I mean, not kidding. We won't, we're only going to read them on the air. We'll read all of your reviews, but That's we'll right. only read them on air if they're five stars. Anyway, uh, uh, their review says, been listening to Cal and Liam, great name. I agree. <laughs> For a few years now, other DCAU podcasts have faded or failed, but they are still going strong. It speaks to their commitment, but I also think it speaks to the format. They specifically highlight elements of the episodes, which are often given passing mentions in other podcast reviews, and that makes them stand out as a podcast trying to celebrate all aspects of the creative team. Their alternate universe episodes and character spotlights are also excellent and entertaining, and I want to give a special attention to how they consistently maintain focus on the episode topics where other podcasts often wander into tedious tangents <laughs> about nothing. Great work all around, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Once again, that's A.E. Wow. Ristic. Um, if that's you, if you're hearing this um, and you'd like to reach out to us either on Instagram or Twitter or threads, uh, you can uh, reach out to us and we'd love to, uh, and if you're in the uh, continental US, we would love to send you a little uh, little gift or something. So you can uh, you can tweet us publicly or you can send us a DM or whatever you'd like if you'd rather reach out privately, but we'd uh, 
either way we wanted to thank you on the air but we'd uh we'd love to send you a little something as well so uh reach out if you uh if you so desire but we uh, we really appreciate that review and uh you know we we love doing our sh- we love doing this show we love doing it together we've talked about that before but uh, the fact that it, it resonates with some other people, other like-minded fans like ourselves is uh, it's just icing on the cake. And it's always nice when someone takes the time to uh, rate and review us like that. And uh, as Cal mentioned, you can, uh, you, you yourself could do that if you would, if you would like, and you can just head to your uh, podcast app of choice and uh, give us five stars and leave us a review and we'll, uh, we'll read it out on the show. So we, we thank you very much for our latest review. Absolutely. Uh, we also know that that's time, uh, time invested. So we appreciate that. Uh, the fact that you took the time to do so means the world to us. And then you said a whole bunch of very nice and kind things about both of us. Uh, thank you, person who I assume's name is also Liam, or perhaps you have something <laughs> special in your life named Liam. But uh, yes, thank you so much. Liam, this Liam, our Liam, my, my brother Liam, we are... We're headed home. That's right, Cal. And in fact, it's time to head to the future. The future, Liam? That's right. All the way to the year that's 50 years from now, whenever now is. That's right. It's time for a few more weeks of Batman Beyond. And not only Batman Beyond, as we know, that means it's also the time to revisit the Zeta Project. But we'll get to that in the coming weeks. Next week, it's the Batman Beyond episode, Big Time. Well, it'll be fun as we head back to the future. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.